Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over there and start using it now. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Ernest, what's up? Look, today I wanna talk to you about something that's been on my mind a real weight on my shoulders. You know, we all have these moments, big or small, that just stick with us. When we don't talk about these things, then they can start to affect our lives in unexpected ways. That's why having a space to express these feelings is so important. I know firsthand the benefits of therapy. It's been transformative for my friends and family. Therapy can help you learn crucial skills like setting boundaries and developing coping strategies. It's not just about dealing with major events. It's also about enhancing your day-to-day life, allowing you to become the best version of yourself. So if you've been thinking about therapy, BetterHelp can be a great option for you. It's entirely online, which makes it super convenient and adaptable to your busy schedule. You start by filling out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can even switch therapists at any time if you feel the need without any additional cost. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash earn your leisure today to get 10% off your first month. Remember, that's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash earn your leisure. Don't wait, don't hesitate, head over there now. What's going on, Ernest? Welcome to EYL University, the number one place for business education. Shadi, tell them what we're bringing. Yes, EYL University already has over 100 past webinars from all areas of business. It includes weekly webinars from industry leaders. It includes access to our investment Facebook group, movie club, our book club. It also includes access to monthly financial planning calls with yours truly. But what has been added has access to MG the Mortgage Guy's Home Buyer's Blueprint over 14 hours, everything you need to know as far as the home buying process is concerned. And also what has been added is access to our monthly group chat call. Right. So once a month, me, Troy, and the whole team is going to let you in on our personal plays, our portfolio, what we're doing, and more. So 
all of that, we are running for a special promo code of 70% off for a limited time only. So head to EYLUniversity.com right now and take advantage. You know how this works. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. We'll see you on the other side. My graduates from my school being Forbes. Bag drop. Bag drop. <laughs> a mic drop. Bag drop. Bag drop. All right, guys. Welcome back. We're still in Miami. We might never leave. It's been a hell of a run out here, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've been doing a lot. We've yeah. Been, we've been a whole a lot. lot. Every day is something, man. Every, Every night is something. You never know what could happen in Miami. So with that in line, Spectacular. It's a good name, man. Spectacular. <laughs> he's a common theme out here. Every time we somewhere, he's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know everybody. That's a fact. That's a fact. You never know who, he, who you know. I, I ran into him a few days ago randomly in Komodo. And uh, ever since then, I think I've seen him every, every day. night. Every oh, night. Yeah. We've been somewhere. I'm like, yo, Spec here too? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, man. Shout out to, he was in the P interview. He's at Victory. Victory. Like, can, can y'all can y'all not stand on the couches, please? <laughs> hey, man, when the turn up come, you that gotta turn, turn up. Yeah, you gotta turn up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a great trip, and this is a great way to to end it. So, Spectacular Smith, you might have known him from his musical career with Pretty Ricky, multi platinum group. Um, you're still a member of that group. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just got off tour. We got pulled off tour because because of COVID. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So huge, huge, huge group. Um, multi platinum. All of that good stuff, but he's also a serial entrepreneur and um, an online guru of sorts. He teaches people how to monetize their platform, about Facebook ads, about how to go viral, um, all of that. Everything online that you need to actually run a business. A lot of times people don't fully understand the power of online and social media marketing. They just, they have a business and they just post on, on Instagram like, hey, 50% 50% off sale, that's it. Yeah, who's your audience? <laughs> yeah, but they don't know how, how to actually grow the page and right. how to actually monetize the page and how to actually, you know, figure out the algorithms and all that. So this is this is a business show, so this is, like, vitally important to all business owners. And mm-hmm. even people that's not business owners, but people that might have services or just want to just grow their brand. Um, you got to know how to run ads. You got to know how to market yourself. You got to know how to monetize your platform. It's extremely important. So these are all things that we're going to talk about today. Um, he has a, a company called Ad Wizards. Ad Wizards. Ad Wizards. Yep. And he also has a platform where he helps and trains people and teaches these things. So we're going to have a broad range conversation. We're going to go over everything, nuts and bolts. So first and foremost, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Much love, man. I've been doing y'all thing, man. Signing to type in. Nah, yeah, appreciate yeah, it. Sure. Appreciate it. So, all right, let's get it going. All right. So entrepreneur, right? So you started at a young age being an entrepreneur. Like, crazy story. You was making $1,500, $2,000 a week when you was 12 years old? 12, yeah. How, how does that happen? Just uh, understanding problems. I think every successful business, you're solving a problem. And in school, like, kids were starving in class, acting up because they was just hungry. So I was just like, well, not only I can solve this problem and my solve was candy. I was like, okay, you hungry? That mean, well, you hungry, you hungry. Like, all y'all hungry, then if all y'all hungry, that mean if I bring some candy, I'll buy the candy because y'all hungry. So 
I had $45 bags in candy because that's the only amount that I can bring to school, like actually carry with me. And I was sold out by the time I got the third period. So we had seven periods. I was in middle school, sixth grade, uh, 11 years old. And by the time I got the fourth period, fifth period, sixth period, everybody's like, Speck, I thought you had candy. You told me you had candy. Like, I'm sold out. I don't know what to do. Everybody know who that guy is in the school. You know, like, I don't have no more. So I came to the conclusion, like, I need help. So I got 10 people to agree to sell candy for me. I said, yo, I'll give you $20 a week if you help me sell this candy. You in class all day anyway. All you got to do is sell it while you in class. They said, all right, cool. I said, well, guess what? I give, give you extra $5 if you sell out more than three times in one week. So I gave him an incentive. <laughs> gave him an incentive. I, I didn't even know this at the time. No, so you just, you just was winging it. Bro, I was just winging it. I just wanted to push him to sell more candy. And by the time I gave everybody... At the beginning of the school, on the side of the school, just gave them $25 bags of candy apiece. And they would sell out majority of the time. By the time they got to literally like the fifth period, two more periods left, it was all sold out of candy. And I did it every single week. And I I mean, I was making more than my mom. Yeah. So that's crazy. So the math on that, you make $1,500 a week, $6,000 a month, that's $72,000 for the year. $76,000 for the year. Right? $72,000? What is that like, man? Because like I, I, it took me till I was like twenty seven to even get that type of money. You walking through middle school, probably making more than the teachers <laughs> and your mom. You said so. What's that feeling like? Like, are you the guy? Like, what, what, what's going on with you on a personal level? You know what? I was just helping my mom with bills. Mm. Yeah, like, and I, um, I just would buy anything I want. I bought my first car at fourteen. Um, yeah, license. I, that's, I, that's why I had to get back. <laughs> I didn't have no license, no registration, but I was on the road. My, you know, my mom, she she was letting me get away with that. <laughs> Matter of fact, I don't, I don't know how she let me get away. My dad, when he got out of prison, my dad served 12 years in prison. When he got out of prison, he, he, he seen what I was doing. He was like, yo, yo, get that car. Like, he made me get my car away. Damn. Yeah, I was, yeah. And where was, where was, where'd you grow up at? Um, Care City. It's in Miami. Right, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, um, that's where Rick Ross is from? Yep. And Flo Rider. Okay. Um, all right. So you, you out here and you running a whole operation <laughs> with candy. Safe to say that. Are you buying a candy like wholesale? Yeah. I'm a sm- like uh, smart, smarter and final. Okay. There's something called smarter final. I don't even know they still got that out here, but yeah, I would get the, the 40, the 48, um, snicker bar pack. Like the the air, <laughs> I know those. I know those. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, I know those. And I used to get all the like M and M's and everything. And um, man, that's when I realized that because like I even had my brother selling for me too. And uh, yeah, they was you know they used to eat my candy, man. They used to eat my my. my, my <laughs> look, look, look. We got we got a customer. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You can vouch for that. <laughs> He's a human vending machine. <laughs> no, no. Listen, that was the first time I ever got put out of business. Was the vending machines? The school realized how much money I was making, and they literally got vending machines. They every single time they was catching my employees, and it was just like, <laughs> "Yo, like Smith, we got another one for you." Like they used to see me in the hallway say, "We got another one." They were so mad at me, the principal. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And and I used to go, I used to come in the office and see my bag on the floor. I see <laughs> you say, better not snitch. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> they caught the lieutenant. I see, I, I see my 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 inventory, bro, and they eating, they passing it around in the office. You want one? You want one? I'm like, yo, like I'm hot. <laughs> they, yo, no, but seriously, like it was, it was, uh, 
it was pretty bad, man. They it was eating my candy, <laughs> and then and then that's when the vending machines came out because they see how much money I was making because they they started counting my pockets. They was like, "Well, hold up, you got we put like ten people in detention. We done suspended a couple of them." Yeah. And then that's when they put the vending machines there. So I start trying to fight back. I start putting paper in the quarter slots. You know, I know I, that. Yeah, yeah. I you remember, somebody, that? remember that? I paid somebody to cut the cord. You know, and, I, and, I, and then before I looked at, I was like, "Oh." They got a camera right facing towards the oh, vending, and that's when I was officially out of business. <laughs> and then, but then my dad, he had a record label. It was a group called Piccolo, and and they had like a bunch of hit records, like in Miami. And, and like his his company, uh, you know, he went out of business with the with the record label. So he had like like he had like I don't know, I think what fifty thousand CDs in there in the garage. I took every last CD to the school, <laughs> and I told every last person I was like, "Yo, I was like, listen, this how you sell it." I was like, go to him. I gave him three songs that was a banger in Miami. Uh, big Money Ballers. Like, it was all the biggest records. And I and I used to put the headphones on and say, listen, give me 30 seconds of your time. If you don't like what you hear, I'm going to leave you alone. You never got to hear from me again. But if you like what you hear, it's just going to be $5. That's the whole package right here. <laughs> and by the time I did, I saw my dad was like, Yo, what them CDs at in here? <laughs> I sold every last CD. Me and me and my whole squad. Them boys went platinum in the school. <laughs> so you've always been a hustler your whole life. I always been like that. So how'd you get into music? I really got forced into music. I never wanted to be an artist. I used to be dancing and stuff like in Miami. They call it booty shaking, and like I was always a dancer, being in dance groups on the stage with like freaking. 5,000 people in the crowd getting pulled off stage in the third grade. Like, I was always an entertainer. And then uh, when my dad got out of prison, he was just like, yo, you coming with me. You know, no woman can show a man how to be a man. And I was a mama's boy. I ain't give a damn. I, he was too strict for me. I, <laughs> my mom let me get away with murder. The only thing, she ain't really let you bring no girls home. My dad, he don't care who come home. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, he was strict as hell, man. And, uh and I didn't want to go, but he was just like, nah, you coming. He used to talk down on me, like, nah, it's for gay guys who dance around, boots shaking, shaking ass on stage. Like, <laughs> yo, he was, yo, my dad's a drill sergeant. So I was just like, man, you know, that's kind of that's messed up. You got you talking to me like, he don't care though. So he told me, he was like, listen, if you're going to dance, get in the group with your brothers. And uh, my brothers are pretty ricky. So I was the person dancing on stage with no no mic, just dancing, just dancing. <laughs> so I'm, the, like, I'm just I'm here so I don't get fined. <laughs> so, so I'm just dancing or whatever. And um and one day the the, the record label, um the, not the record label, the producer Jim Johnson was like, "Yo, why you don't get Speck a verse?" So I was like, "Speck can't rap. I can't rap. I just wanted to dance." So they gave me a rap. Uh, they made me rap. I got on the song. And they made me perform the one verse I had, and all the girls started going crazy. So it was like, yo, put Speck on all the songs. <laughs> so I ended up having to jump on every song they already had recorded. And then we came out with this song called Ground On Me. That's the first one. Ground On Me. It wasn't the very oh, first one. That's a classic. You jump yeah, out the with no, that. So like, once we got to that point, <laughs> yeah. it was a rap. Oh, okay. Because I'm like, yeah. yo, that's... You out of here with yeah, that? Yeah, nah, it was a rap. So you had known them that as was our first R and B rap. R and B record. You, you know these guys from school. That's his brothers. Yeah, my brothers. So, so, so actual so, blood brothers. So, so Slickum is is my we we call each other. Baby Blue is my brother. Okay, right. Same mom, same dad, and then Slick is my cousin. Yeah, but literally, it's like I knew him since, since birth. And then P right? and uh, and P he came in and we knew P growing up. Okay, so like. 
the first song we ever did with Pete was Grind On Me. Way to start. That's, a, that's yeah. the way to start. Right, right out the park. <laughs> right out the back. So, all right. We always hear these horror stories about entertainers. And even when we spoke to Fat Joe, he had a horror story. He went to jail. Did you know that? Yeah, for taxes. Tax evasion, tax, but yeah, his, yeah. his accountant wasn't paying his taxes. Mismanagement of money. It happens pretty common. And this is a show where we actually like to highlight the good and the bad. So you had a tragic situation because you sold millions of records, but you, you didn't have any money. Yeah. How'd that happen? My father was handling everything. Like, my dad was the guy with the bins a year before it came out, two-story house in the hood, got out of prison, stayed in a stayed in the back of a grocery store, and built his way up. Got a, got a daycare. Like, he was the man. He had a daycare? He had a daycare. And Blue a- Star Learning Center. Mm. Yeah, I don't know why he ain't franchised, <laughs> but you, you know, Pretty Ricky was having all the babies made. That was the perfect school. Of, that, like, that, that was, yo, that was in business. Now that's vertically integrated. That's- <laughs> Get them pregnant, and then we have the daycare for your kids. Come on now, See, this guy's right? thinking ahead. This yeah, guy- <laughs> come on, man. So back to the story though. So he mismanaged the money. We got into it with the record label. Pleasure ended up wanting to leave because we was all like family and Pleasure, you know, he was he was a close friend, you know, coming up. But at the same time, he like, yo, I can't get my money. I'm out. Mm-hmm. So the group ended up splitting and because my pops weren't really giving nobody no money like that. And at this yeah. time, he's managing all of y'all. He's managing and he's the record label, which is a conflict. Mm. And, and we're kids. So we're just happy. You know, we live in life. You know, we having fun. Having sex with every girl we see. You know what I'm saying? We were just having fun. So all we cared about, (laughs) that's all we cared about, you know? And and we was just having fun living life. And he was just handling all the business affairs and the money. And all we had to do was just be talent. All I wanted to do is get on stage. I didn't care about the money. I was just like, I just want to be on stage. And then, uh, yeah, then he told us we had a family meeting. He was like, yeah, we ain't got nothing. Like zero zero, <laughs> like zero. So everybody's in the living room, guys. Let's have a talk. We broke, pretty much. Is it like zero, like nothing. Like we about to lose everything. So all the masters in that, he had all the masters, or the, did he have masters? So like we, so we were part owners of the label, right? Okay. So we we have basically how we work the deal lot is we get fifty percent of the masters until like the contract is over, and then we get a hundred percent of the masters. Okay, that's how we work. So you still have the masters. Yeah. At least you had that. Yeah, we still got me, yeah. but you know, it like it just wasn't any the, money. The way the way that my dad set the business up is really his label. Mm. You get what I'm saying? But we didn't we didn't know as kids how that worked out. How old were you when you found out you had no money? Twenty eight. Twenty eight. Twenty eight. You're a grown man. So you didn't like at no point did you realize like, yo, let me check the book like I, I did no business. Like, I was doing my own business, so that's why I never cared. Mm. You know? So, like, that was just, like, something I was doing for my family. Mm. That was the family business. And then I was doing my other, doing my social media stuff. So, like, I was making my money. You know what I'm saying? But we we have no money like that. He just made horrible business decisions. We made a lot of money. We did a lot of shows. We sold over 17 million singles, ringtones, albums worldwide. Like... We, yeah. just, we made the money. So like these stories with like TLC and all like this really happens in real life. Like when people like sell millions of records and they, they're broke. Yeah, because they don't educate themselves. But for me, I was just young. Yeah. It would have never happened to me right now. Yeah. So at 28, right, y'all have this meeting. Mm-hmm. 
it's your father. So I mean, my mom, I'm like, if this is somebody that I didn't know, this is this this is not gonna end well. This could be a fight, like right on the spot. Like, what's the reaction when that happens? Is everybody like, wait, hold up, we all in shock? Or what? what what's- nah, it was like, let's get to it. What's next? Okay, different that's reaction. It. Yeah, yeah. But that's how we got raised. Like, we never got raised as victims. It's never victims. So like, it was a family business. It ain't go right. Yeah. No difference to any business. It's like, yo, we was winning. We got one turn in the market. We flatline. What we going to do? We going to sit there and cry or we going to get to it? Let's get to the bag. Honorable. That's honorable. You know, and and uh, for me, but Pops got mad one day. We was supposed to do like some uh, a song. We was trying to get an artist on a song or whatever. And he didn't really like that artist. And he got mad. And like he heard we was, you know, doing a song with him. And he was like, yo, what's the issue? Got mad. Being drill sergeant. Got hot. Kicked me out of the house. Like literally, it was a real kick out. <laughs> like, get out my house. Like, like the house no, was no, no clothes. No, like we all stayed together. It was a big ass family. Okay, so we had a big ass house. Like we all stayed together, and that was the goal. Like to build the compounds, and everybody had a house on the compound. Like that was the family goal. Yeah, and um, yeah, he got mad. He got upset. Kicked me out. Had no money. Had no clothes. Had no nothing. He was just like, "Yo, get out." I couldn't even get nothing. He was just like, "No, nah, nigga, leave." All right, I guess I'm out. You know, had my family with me, and my son, and my my uh, my girl, like had to leave. Gotta go. Yeah, gotta go. The house you built, help built. You had to go. Oh, one hundred percent. No, no, no. I mean, because he had the house before the deal. Yeah. So, like I said, he already understood like business, but he didn't know how to dance with the wolves and sharks. Ah. Uh. It was a different so, level. So he got screwed up. It wasn't even so much like he was mismanaging. He got, man, he, yo. People was taking advantage of him. Yes. Okay. okay. He didn't educate himself because he's a, like, the street knowledge street. is only going to take you so far. Yeah. But at some time, at some point in time, you got to apply yourself. Mm-hmm. And you got to sur- get the surroundings of the experts that have your best interests. Mm-hmm. But he didn't do that because he's a loner. He don't want, like, he's the, he got his family, like, and he going to squad up. But, like, what can we, do? like, you got to get real advisory uh, like a real advisory board and and like put your executive team together like we can't run a real label you need real people that know real information that can execute on a high level and we didn't do that mm. so how do you transition into social media and and making that a business well when you get kicked out the house as a celebrity and you ain't got <laughs> no money no clothes you gotta figure something out time, 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 yeah. time for some action yeah so so what so, so all right so how like what? so maddie J. Maddie J. It all started from Maddie J. Maddie J. Did you know him prior to that moment? So it's funny, right? It's a funny story about Maddie J. I ain't gonna, I'm gonna let him tell a story. But I met Maddie J and we was just like internet buddies. You know, you meet people on the internet. We was doing trending topics, all type of stuff on. We used to run the whole trending topics on. We the reason why they changed the way trending topics come up. Yeah, I'm actually about that. Yeah, yeah, we changed that whole Maddie, thing. Maybe a whole legend, man. Yeah, <laughs> we 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 changed that whole thing. I was like, yo, Maddie, let's let's make some trend. Say what you want to do. All right, let's go. Boom, trend topic. Let's go. Ten seconds trending. Like we like we dominated Twitter. We made them put parodies and buy. Like we made them switch how they do a lot of stuff because of me and Maddie. <laughs> like just doing like just being innovative and changing things. But yeah, so he gave me a call and he was like, yo, Spec, I got a plate. You can make money off of tweeting. He just really wanted a referral fee. He was winning laptops <laughs> and iPads, you know, so like, but he still put me up on game. So I was like, all right, what's this? It was called mylights.com. 
And on my likes, they had leaderboards. They have like, and then you get like the extra bonuses. If you're number one, if you're number two, you got, you know, 150 of you number one. You got an extra $50 for the day of you number two. And uh, yeah, I was always number one. I didn't even know what number two felt like. And so, I just, I just, I just monopolized off of it. And, and the way that I was doing it is, you basically have ads, and you sell traffic against those ads, right? Mm-hmm. So you have a Twitter page. The more Twitter followers you have, you post these links on there to send them to the landing page, and from that traffic, you sell ads against that traffic. So they bid in real time for the banner placements. Mm. So that's how we was making our money. Just imagine you post, 10 minutes later, you refresh, you make $25. You refresh again, 20 minutes later, you made another 100 You You refresh again, before you know it, you're waking up to $2,000, $3,000 so, every day. So more traffic, more money. More traffic, more money. So I started buying digital real estate. Mm-hmm. And I started by acquiring pages. And then I got to the point where I realized, like, okay, well, if it took me this long, to actually build my portfolio, I would say. Yeah. I started parody accounts, Cat Williams, Welfare, Angelina Jolie. And I started all these pages. And that was the birth of Grumpy Cat. And then I started freaking scaling up like crazy on all of it, just building, 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 building. And uh, before you know it, I was just like, well, you know what? If I'm doing all this for myself, I see the leaderboard. I reached out to everybody on the leaderboard. I was like, listen, I'm number one. You clearly would never beat me. Right. So let me take over your pages. You don't have to do nothing. Let's do a rev share. And I'm going to manage all your pages the way I manage my pages. And I was freaking murdering it. I had every top page on the whole platform out of 100, 100 million users. I had the top 10 monetizing pages and I ran all their pages. And like that was the birth of like my company. Right. I was like, OK, well, if I can do this for parody accounts, mm-hmm. then what I can do with a celebrity. The parody accounts is interesting because um, we before we had Earn Your Leisure, we had uh, Fashion Wave. Oh man, it was a it was a um, fashion blog that we had started because uh, I saw the I saw the kind of direction that Instagram was going in, in 2012, and I realized that people was actually doing soft sales from their page. Mm-hmm. Like these girls would have like millions of followers on a, like like these fashion pages, and they'd be like, "Hey, just got this dress. What do you think? I got it from this." And they would tag the person. At that time, it was before Instagram ads was even a thing. Mm. But I saw I'm like, "Yo, this is actually brilliant. This is like she's running the ad without them even knowing it's an ad." Exactly. So I'm like, "We should do a fashion page, get enough followers, and then we can sell ads to small businesses that's trying to advertise their company." Exactly. So we did a bunch of different things to, to grow our, our page. And one of the things that we did was there was a Will Farrell parody page, mm. and it was like it had like seven hundred thousand. It's crazy. Um, I think this is before. Uh, was that your page? It's not. Pan- I had two Will Ferrell. Oh, okay. <laughs> I had one of the biggest Will Ferrell pages. Then we paid you. <laughs> it was it, it was it was a Will Ferrell parody page, and um, every now and then they would just do a shout out like, "Hey, follow this page," and then like we get like a thousand followers for that shout out. Yes. Some of them would drop off because they was like you know they wasn't like real like it was like ghost followers. It wasn't engaged, but we grew to following. We grew to like twelve thousand people. Um, but that's the first time I got introduced to parody pages. And I think that that might've been one of the reasons why they started to do verification. Right. Mm-hmm. I, yo, I was the first Vera, uh, um, parody page on Twitter. Mm. I created the first parody. They, it would, didn't even exist. And then they took my whole, they took every last page I owned. They banned my IP 
And then when they gave me my pages back, they said, you have to put parody in the bio. So I was the first person to have a parody and the first person to have to put parody in the bio. And then once they took my pages, they took everybody else's pages and then made everybody put parody in their bio. So if you go to Twitter right now, you see parody pages, you'll see parody in the bio. But that was because of me. When yeah. you when you originally got those pages, you were they all rev shares or were you like, oh, I'm going to purchase it for this price? Oh, no, I acquired pages straight up. Like, yo, how much you want for your page? How much How much was you paying for the early like 4K, ones? 4K, 5K for a page with like three, 400,000 followers. So if they, oh, so you had a tier. Like, yo, so it was you like got a this thousand, $1,000 for every 100,000 was like the, the price. Okay, got you, got you. All right, so then when you when you started making the parody pages, I know you did the celebrity ones. Mm-hmm. Any any drawback from celebrities? Like, yo, what you doing? You taking my stuff? You taking my talent? What, what's going on? Nah, it actually benefited their brand. Like, it was certain times they would... Tag Will Ferrell like, oh, you need to be like this real Ferrell talking about my page because he ain't got time to entertain everybody all day. Like, yeah. I need to grow my followers, so I need to be entertaining. I need to make sure I'm I'm saying engaging things. Like, this is what I'm doing right now. So he ain't got time for all that. Let me so, take that. Let me yeah. take that from you. Yeah, I take that. You ain't, tri- you ain't tripping anyway. You also have one of the first viral videos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Talk about that? <laughs> the face, though. <laughs> but you know what? Yo, no, for us. Seriously, recall that, that video was one of those. So when, this is how the video came about. We was releasing a single, and I've been running Pretty Ricky social media since the very first time. Even all, like, when we was break, we was number one. We was number one um, page on MySpace when MySpace was hot. Like, every single platform, I ran every page, all the campaigns, everything. And... When that video came, we just had came up with a song. So I started thinking to myself, I was saying, all right, what's the elements to make things go viral? One, they have to laugh. Two, uh, they have to cry. Or three, they have to relate. Right? So if you touch any of those points, it's gonna it has the virability on taking off. So I was like, okay, what's gonna make this shit go? And I was like, yo. <laughs> I was like, I was with my girl, and I was like, what you think about this? She was like, I don't know. I was like, okay, they going to talk crap regardless. Is the music going to get out there? She, she was like, yeah. But she was like, I don't know, though. I said, let's do it. I was like, what? I'm going to just look. I'm going to act like I'm drunk as hell, and I'm going to put on these red draws. And the crazy thing is, right, she the one who brung the draws. She was like, babe, what you think about these? I said, uh... You like them? She said, yeah. I was like, all right, if you like them, okay. Uh, let me put them on. And then. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but yeah. So <laughs> it, it did what it did. Like, I made, I made a, bro, I made over, I made some money off of that, bro. Because I had everything set up for monetization. So when it went viral, I had everything set up for it. So how'd you make money off of that? Because I see videos go viral. Like I had a number on the video. Uh, you Text me number? Yeah, it was a text number. <laughs> and then they text you and now they part of like the click funnel systems? Email it was blast more, and all that? Yeah, stuff like that. And then we had we had traffic too. So I was pulling, I was posting a video and bringing traffic back to my pages. So it was like one of the very first viral videos ever. Before OnlyFans. <laughs> I don't know viral OnlyFans. No, I'm saying this is like you You're you, doing- put, you put out content like now it would be like on OnlyFans. Like that kind of content would be on OnlyFans. Right, right, you right. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, yeah. So, okay. I mean, for those who don't know the video, you're like dancing in red underwear. Yeah. And exactly. like to grind, was it grind to Tipsy. me, right? It was a Tipsy. new song Tipsy. we came out with. Yeah. I remember because it was at the same, I feel like it was like the same time. Like, I remember your video 
And I feel like Steph was eating Vaseline. And those two videos went viral <laughs> around the Steph. same time. I'm like, shout out to Steph, man. Yo, the internet is getting. Yeah, yeah Steph on Marbury. You remember, oh, you yeah, remember yeah. that? Nah. He had a jar of Vaseline. You remember that? He had a jar of Vaseline. <laughs> 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 he it. But it was like, yo, the internet is getting crazy right now. But yo, that's crazy. You made money off that. That's the, I didn't even think. I made an M off that. A big M. Oh, well. Chokes on you, guys. <laughs> it's not funny no more. <laughs> <laughs> it's always it's always funny till it's not. That's a fact. So, all right. So, at that, at what point do you actually start to develop the business to help celebrities grow their page and monetize their page? Because that happened before you started helping regular business owners. You was helping celebrities, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it all came from me running those top ten people pages on that website, mylines.com. And then I realized that, okay, well, these people have 400,000 followers, a million followers. Like, imagine if you get Soulja Boy with 5 million followers. Sean Kingston had like 6 million followers. So I'm like, okay, well, if I get these people, they already have the following. They don't know how to monetize it. So I'm going to monetize it for them. So that's what I started doing. I started coming to them like, yo, I'm going to not only make you this money every single month, but I took... What the music industry was and took from them and brought it to another industry and create a blue ocean strategy. Because all the white boys with the suit and ties, they'll just come there, get the deal automatically. Mm. I sit down with somebody and like, all right, cool, cool, cool. And never hear back from them. You know, so like I was going through that so many times. So I started coming with money. I was like, yo, let me take this from this from this industry and take it to this industry. Like the same thing how I think I don't know if it was. The restaurants, the restaurant industry scene, the um, the bank industry scene. No, the restaurant industry scene, the drive-thrus with the banks. And they took that and they put it to the fast food restaurant industry and put drive-thrus. Now, I don't know which one in reverse. I don't know which one it was, but I took the same model. I thought thought of the same thing. So I took that from the music industry. So what did you take? You giving them advances? advances. Giving them advances? And then I, I gave them minimums. And I was like, Guaranteed okay. Guaranteed minimums? Guaranteed minimums. So I would come to people with $40,000, $50,000, $100,000, $150,000. In a brown bag. Brown bag. <laughs> <laughs> the only way. Let's go. So let's, you're doing that to celebrities? Let's go. Celebrities? Celebrities. So you're walking up. So let's say like Sean Kingston, uh, Soldier Boy, like, bag, look, guys, bag. let me handle your social media. Here's 100 bands up front. Yeah. I'm going to make it back. I'm going to recoup this on, on the back end. And, I, and you did. I recoup within the first, all my advances based on two months. Mm-hmm. So if I give you 100k, I know I'm gonna make my 100k by the second month. Big boy talk. And how was, but how was you making that 100k? Like what was some of the? It was the same traffic acquisition, then video monetization, sponsor posts, like all that stuff start coming in, in play. What, what what platforms are you using to help to right this? now? So at that point, Facebook had just took off. Mm-hmm. So it went from like it went from like 3k in a day to Facebook ten thousand dollars in a day. Like it was just like Facebook was like. Viral as hell at the time. This is before Facebook ads. This was not. Nah, Facebook ads was out. They didn't like what I was doing because they had Facebook ads. They figured out a way to cut my water off. <laughs> what was the difference in what you were doing in Facebook ads? What I was doing, the only difference was you wasn't paying Facebook. Hmm. Right? They, I was taking the advertisers that you. they were supposed to get. Got you. So they didn't like that. And then we was using things like clickbait and all that stuff. So, like, they ain't like that either. They thought people was feeling it because everybody was clicking on it. They thought it was a great experience. So, like, show them more, show so, them so more. So, you was doing, like, those clickbait, clickbait yeah, art, yes, like, seven exactly. ways to know your, your girl's cheating on you. 
Exactly, one hundred percent. You click that, and then just by clicking that, you get paid because it goes to a, a different landing site. One hundred percent. And we was killing it. That's like all those, all those little ads. I don't really, I don't, I'm not on Facebook too much these days, but I remember like randomly, I just see these ads like seventeen ways to make a million dollars tomorrow. Like, and it's like just yeah. even with the Donald Trump thing with Russia, like it was like it got out of control. I think that's why Facebook kind of cracked down on those yeah. kind of yeah. That was one. Of, that was one of the main reasons they cracked down on on just privacy in general, right? But they didn't like what we was doing because they knew how much money we was making. They even tried to create their own version of what we was making. It's like, they don't like me on their platform. They, <laughs> like, they try to boot me off every time. So they created something called instant articles to try to duplicate what I was doing. Hmm. So they create, they try to create instant articles and flopped. So they just decided to just kick us off. Like, all right, we're going to suppress everything that got certain keywords so it don't end up in the feed so you don't get paid. So it don't matter if you got 10 million followers, you would never see it in the feed because they were suppressing it so we don't make no money. So I'm, I'm sure that there's people at started looking at you like, yeah, I don't. That's, that van sounds crazy. You're the dude from Pretty Ricky. I ain't listening to you. Oh, so How, how'd time. you deal with that? Man, listen, I would come to dudes with a $100,000 check. I came to Akon, $100,000 check. Sat down with him, penthouse office, seeing the whole top of LA, had the meeting. Got my lawyer drive the contracts. White man took the deal. Hmm. He didn't go with me. Now you going through the lawsuit with the person that you went. You can go with me. I'm A1. Not only I can help grow your following, because that was my expertise, then I help you monetize it. So not only I take you, I get a client at like a million followers. Before you look at it, they got five million followers. I took Kevin Gates from a 1.5 million. So I think he got like what? $10 million now? I mean, 10 million followers now? I think I took Trina from like like a million to like 10 million too. Like, so I, I took everybody followers from like literally from here all the way to here. So I know what I, I knew what I was doing, but they didn't believe they didn't believe in me. They was just like, uh, like T.I. T.I. ain't go with me. He, he still ain't go with me to this day. You know what I'm saying? He went with the white man and I don't know, man. It was a lot of it was a lot of people. Snoop Dogg ain't go at me. They told me my money wasn't even good enough. Like he, he told me my money wasn't big enough. I came with one fifty to Snoop. Said, that good. big boss talker. That, that boy was like, that ain't that ain't enough. Oh, damn. <laughs> Back to the drawing board. Yeah. <laughs> so the blue, you said blue ocean strategy. Can yeah. you talk about that a little bit? What is a blue ocean strategy? So a blue ocean strategy is it's a strategy that makes you stand out, right? So it's like. Red Ocean is basically what everybody else is doing. Everybody else is going to come and they, they're going to tell you like, hey, I'm going to get you signed. You know, I'm going to sign you to this contract, this exclusive agreement, like just the norm, what everybody does. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to stand out, right? Blue Ocean is basically coming at it in a different angle that's basically innovative, thinking outside the box in your own little niche. So I stopped trying to like go against the white boys with the suit and ties because I know I couldn't win that battle. Like, nobody was taking me serious, you know? And I was like, I come in, even with money, they wasn't taking me serious. They still be like, oh, yeah, I'll just go with him, you know? Because they just felt like that was more comfortable, I guess. I don't know. Y'all could talk to them when y'all interview them. Um, but, yeah, he didn't, he, they didn't go with me. And um, So the Blue Ocean yeah, is just like what, what you do and what nobody else, you're not trying to do what anybody else does. I tr- yeah, that's that was the game plan. How can I be different? How can I stand out and be different from what everybody else doing? So that's why I decide to take the advances from the music industry 
and put it inside this industry. That was Blue Ocean. They yeah. never seen nothing like that before. They were like advances. So now they couldn't go to nobody else without advances. Now. Yeah. So I, I done switched the market, but by the time they caught on, I done hit everybody at one time. So I made as many meetings as possible in one week so I can hit everybody and just sign everybody up. So even if they had a contract with the white boys, I come and say, how much you making? Okay, I double what you making and get a $100,000 check. What's up? So at what point does the other side say, you know what? I know what he's doing. Instead of 100000 we're going to take it up to two hundred. Do they price you out of that, or how does that work? So what happened was the the white boys decided to try to beat me. It's like, who can get lower in price? So they started trying to outbid me, and that's why they started going out of business. Because they went to Akon like, yo, we going to give you this, and we going to guarantee you this, and knew they couldn't guarantee that. They did it to, to, to Kevin Hart, too. They say, yo, sign on contract, guaranteed. They try to take my model. But my model was so predictable because I know how to grow the followers. The more followers you have, the more money you can make. Yeah. They didn't know that part. They only knew the monetization piece. So they're trying to compete with me, and they went out of business. They went bankrupt. Yeah, that sounds about right. So is the, what's the scale then? What's the scale? So if we're thinking about, like you said, the more followers you have, the more money you can make. Because I, I saw this somewhere that was like, yo, if you have 100,000 followers, you should be able to make $100,000. Is there a specific scale that you use or that one that's out there? It fluctuates so much now. And, and the strategies are so different now. So it's not like it's not like it was before. Before it was like that. Mm-hmm. But all these algorithm changes in the way that they're suppressing certain things. If you say certain things, they, they only want them. They only want 100% them. Like, it's to the point, if you think something, you'll see it pop up on your feed. Yeah, that's like crazy. They read minds now. <laughs> but nobody want to believe me. We don't, nobody want to have this conversation nah, we with not, me. We're not, like, we not seen that. I don't yeah, seen that. Yeah. Like, I'll think something, and it'll be like the ad will be right Boom, there. And I'm right like, there. nah, this is crazy. Yeah. This doesn't even make no yeah. sense. Yeah, but nobody, everybody's in denial. But yeah, they they done, they done capitalized and, off and, of and it. They got, and they got um, room tabs and bone. Because I, I'll never forget, I was, on a, I was talking to somebody, or I have a Sprint phone. And I had like a Nokia laptop. Like it wasn't related. I was having a conversation with somebody on my phone and I go on my laptop and what I was talking about on my phone was the first thing that popped up on a Google search on the laptop. But it's not like I had an Apple phone with an Apple computer. Like, you know what I'm saying? I had an Apple phone and a Nokia laptop with Sprint service on my phone. So it's nothing related to that unless they're sharing information with each other as a company. They do that too. Yeah, they have to because it's like either that or they they have the device bugged because <laughs> I, I mean I don't how else are they going to do that? Was, was you on your so, did you have your social media on that app on that phone? Uh yeah. Yeah, that's why. So like when you when you agree to terms and service, they're taking that mic, you put your mic on when you use the social channel and they're using that when you're having a conversation. Mm. That's how they are getting you. That's crazy. I think I was at work and I was talking about um like a new dryer. And I promise you, like, I had a dryer ad, like, on my Google, on my Instagram. I'm like, yo. Actually, it wasn't even me. It was my coworker who was talking about it. Mm. And it popped up. I'm just like, yo, this doesn't even make no sense. Like, yo, are they, how are they reading it? But obviously, it must be the mic. Must be the mic. Read those terms and services, yo. But that's, but that's why you got to use it. See, I use it for my advantage. When I want something, I just talk to my phone and I get the ad. It's like, thank you. Boom. And I buy it. Why just let them use you? I use them. Like, yo, okay. 
I'm looking for a wraith. I want blah, and boom, <laughs> it pop up. Boom, thank you. I buy it and yeah. that. I need a private jet. Yeah, uh, yeah. thanks, guys. <laughs> no, for real. All right, y'all playing. I'm telling you, everything you want, just say it to your phone. They'll deliver it to you. You got to go searching for it. So let's let's talk about what's relevant now in 2021, because the vast majority of people in the world and people that listen, if they're not celebrities, they're just you know people that's trying to grow their social media following, people that's trying to monetize, and they don't. They might not fully understand everything that's going on because everything changes so quickly. So the first question I have for you, before I'm gonna ask you a couple questions about um, ads and stuff like that. But did I heard Apple, um, Facebook is changing their their um, ads now because Apple's not sharing information anymore. Mm-hmm. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I don't really know much about it, man. I, I know that's been something that's been floating around the digital marketing space and everybody's like trying to figure it out. But man, I'm still here. Cause I figured out every time, every, every single competitor I ever had in history is bankrupt. I'm still here. I'm never going nowhere. <laughs> never come out. Whatever updates you want to come up with, I'm going to figure out a way around it. Cause that's just how my mind works. So it haven't came yet. So it haven't been on my radar. Okay. So once it like literally is in my face, I'm going to just figure out a way and just make it happen. So I really don't know much about the update. But to my knowledge, just to expound on what you're talking about, is that they're basically letting people block the cookies or the IPs or the pixels and everything when you go to different websites. Like you can choose like, oh, no, I don't want this person advertising to me. Cause, and that's going that, devastating. That, that's like a Facebook pixels. So what, what is Facebook pixels? Yeah. So Facebook pixel is equivalent to somebody coming into your store, if you're a store owner, right? And you got a pixel on your store, right? Somebody comes in shop or don't shop, just come window shop. And then they leave and you slap a GPS on their back. Mm-hmm. And now wherever they go, you're putting freaking billboards in front of them. They stop at the light, look to the left, spectacular. Hey, buy my shit. <laughs> All right. They, they, they go, they drive, they go to the, you know, McDonald's, they at the drive through, they look up, spectacular, buy my shit. Hey, what's <laughs> up, bro? You know, you see me. Boom. You go again, like you pull up home. And when you look to the right, your neighbor got a billboard on the top. Hey, up here, buy my shit. Right. And that's how, that's how Pixel is. It follows you every single way you go. So no matter where you go, you're going to keep running into my ad. So if everybody, once you guys go to my page to be nosy, I'm going to follow you, all right, until you buy my shit. So once I, that first click, I'm done. Once you, once you on there, you, they call it pixel hell. Mm. It's like the jaws of life. They yeah. can't, they're not going to let you go. And then you just got to buy from me. Once you buy from me, just buy something small, that's all, and I'll leave you alone. But then, but then <laughs> even if you don't buy, you go to, there's a thing called retargeting ads, right? But you, but you remove and retarget. So when you retarget somebody, you only retarget people who didn't buy. It. That's what I'm saying. Like if you if you talk about what what, what are retargeting is, because the best retarget I've ever seen is Neil Davis. Shout out to Nehemiah. Man, I made the Woo. mistake of going to his page one time and not actually. I just wanted to see. I just wanted to see what's going on. He's like, Hey guys, this is the last offer. <laughs> he's like, I saw you took his. And they was like, Yo, I feel like he's here. Like, this is my man. Like I know him personally. I'm gonna buy your joint. Just I don't really know what's going on. So. But then he actually introduced me, not knowingly, to retargeting ads. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, okay. Because I'm like, yo, how, is this? how did he know? So <laughs> what's, what's retargeting ads? So retargeting is basically- Shout out to Neo, too. That's my shout bro. Shout out to guy. That's the bro. Basically, retargeting is when somebody comes to your landing page, your website, and you have a pixel on it, 
All right. And you can literally go and Google how to set up a pixel. It literally takes like five minutes to set it up. You put your pixel on there. So everybody that comes to your website, when they come to your website, now, you know, they've been to your website. They have the GPS on their back. So retargeting is really to get those people back to your website. Because the hardest, where the most of the money come from in advertisement is getting somebody to know about you. Mm-hmm. That's where all the money comes in at. That's called top of funnel, right? Getting somebody to know who Earn Your Leisure is. Once they know who Earn Your Leisure is, now that's when they become retar- they in the retargeting bucket now, right? That's called middle of funnel. So now that's middle of funnel. And now once you have them in the middle of funnel, that's where the majority of your money is going to come from. So when you get them to know about you, they transfer into the middle of the funnel bucket. Now it's it's a um, it lowers the CPM and the CPL, which is cost per lead, drastically because they already know who you are. It's, so warm. it's a warm lead. It's a warm audience. They already mm-hmm. know who you are. So this is the equivalent. So you have a hundred thousand people. I'm targeting. Out of those hundred thousand people, you're going to get a percentage that actually take action. Let's say twenty percent. So now you got 20,000 people. Out of those 20,000 people that take action, the next step is now those 20,000 people is in a retargeting bucket, which is the middle funnel bucket. So now that they're in a retargeting bucket, the next step is hitting all of them with advertisement. So now you're not not targeting 100,000 people and only getting 20 people. You're literally targeting the 20,000 people that already took action to know about you. So it gets cheaper now because mm. you ain't hitting 100,000 to get 20,000 20, actions. You're hitting 20,000 people to get 20,000 actions. Yeah. So it cuts the price literally significantly. So that's the money. And then once they go to bottom of funnel, bottom of funnel is the people that tried to check out. Like, oh, they checked out and they went to your sales page, but they didn't purchase, but they really window shopping. They picking stuff up. And <laughs> they trying it on. They going in the direction yeah. room. Like, they serious. Gotta, they just need that push. Got to finish the race. Yeah, you got to you gotta <laughs> finish the race, right? So now the bottom of funnel is what all of, like, that's what, like, the ROI on that, which means return on investment is through the roof because they, they just need that. They just need that extra kick, right? People believe in threes. So if you hit somebody three times, they feel like it's a sign from God. <laughs> like, yo, I need to buy this because evidently this is a sign right now. I need this. Right? It's yeah. like it's coming. And then with advertisement, it comes at the right time for people. Right? And then it might be, I mean, it might be God, right? But truthfully, all right, just keeping it real. So you might get it at the right time. And it's just a reminder because like even me, when I buy stuff, I be so busy. I want to buy something, and then like something happened. I get the little shiny, I like the squirrel syndrome. It's like, oh, I totally forgot what I was doing, and then the ad pop back up. That's the retargeting. I was gonna buy it, I forgot, and now the ad is just reminders, reminders. So if you needed money, or you was waiting for money, or like you want to wait for the right time, or that's when the ads keep reminding you, keep reminding you. So because you in that bucket, like you right at the edge, you yeah. right at the finish line. So I just need to take you across the finish line. Persistency so, gets yeah. rid of resistance. One hundred percent. I heard Charlemagne the God say that. South Charlemagne. <laughs> so, so persistency. Yep. What, what what type of budget do we need to be in this this space? Right? Because this this sounds like it could cost a lot of money, or maybe it doesn't. What, what type of money do we need? Oh, man, all you got to do is start off five dollars a day. Five dollars a day. Five dollars a day. I do all my test budgets at five to ten dollars a day. Okay. So what do you, what is it, what's the test? So the test budget is like, let me just put it out. If I get a response from it, I'll add some more. 
Yeah, this is the beautiful thing about Facebook ads, and Instagram ads, and YouTube ads. You get a billboard, you pay 30 grand for that billboard. It has to stay up for 30 days. If it bring in traffic, if it don't bring in traffic, and it's all like random people, but you you know the demographic, you know who's driving past that, that actual highway, but you're stuck with that. And Facebook ads, you got all these mini billboards. And if that billboard ain't bringing in traffic, you cut it off. No more billboard. Get out of here. All right. Boom. You test this out. All right. That billboard got, you know, some traffic. All right. So we got a billboard in Miami. We got a billboard in in New York. We got a billboard in Los Angeles. Los Angeles flop. That billboard ain't do good. Cut that off. All right. Miami, that did good. New York, that flopped. So guess what? We about to take Miami billboard and we about to put it on every single place we know. It's got to be in every single corner in Miami mm. because that's where it's making the money at. So it's going to be in Wynwood. It's going to be in Brickell. It's going to be in South Beach. It's going to be in the hood. It's going to be everywhere because that's where the money coming from. So we shut off everything that wasn't working and now we only putting it in spots that is working. But all you need is little micro budgets. That's only $5 a day. That's going to show you where the winner is. Mm-hmm. And once you find the winner, then you just freaking go crazy and scale up in that market. So you can do it by audience. So if I know that I have a large following in New York City or if I have a large audience in Chicago, I can target the ad just for that city? Yeah, you can. Okay. You can do a, uh, You can do mile radiuses too. So if you have a restaurant, let's say you got a restaurant and you got to get people to your restaurant you can literally like just do 20, you can put your address in and then you can target people 25 miles within that radius and target your specific ad to those people. And then you can put different interests. So like if I had a music store and I was only selling Pretty Ricky music, I can literally target Trey Songz fans, Chris Brown fans, Rihanna fans, right? Because it's a similar affinity. Mm-hmm. So once you have that similar affinity, nine out of 10 of they like you, they're going to end up liking you. Right. And you just got to find out who's your competitors with the same type of affinity. And those are the people that you market to. But the game changes when you get your first hundred customers. When you get your first hundred customers, that's when you create what they call a lookalike audience. Mm. So Facebook and the reason why they're getting so advanced, even with like the app Clubhouse, is because now you, you, you know what people like. And by you knowing what people like. You can put together those different interests and then you can create a DNA of what your customer avatar looks like based on what Facebook puts together. So if your top 100 customers like Earn Your Leisure, Spectacular, and Pretty Ricky, 9 out of 10, if that person that liked those three things purchase your stuff, they're going to find millions of other people that like Earn Your Leisure, Spectacular, and Pretty Ricky. Mm. And they're going to put your advertisement right in front of them. And they're going to buy your shit. And yours. And mine. <laughs> so that's the lookalike. That's the lookalike audience. And you want to do lookalikes based on 1%. You want to split it up. 1%, 1% to 2%, 2% to 3%, and you 3% to 4%, all the way to 10%. And you want to split them all up in different buckets and see which one resonates the most with your message when you're doing the Facebook ads. And you can also hurt yourself by trying to spend too much money. I've heard, right? And ads, nah, like, push, long push as you're, quickly, like, nah, as long as you're testing the budget first. You want to test the budget. Like, if you take $5 and you put them in ad sets, it's basically like a billboard. So put them in ad sets. So you do 10 different, ad, uh, like, let's say 100 different ad sets for $5. Ad sets or ad sense? Ad sets. So okay. S-E-T. Okay. So ad sets. So basically you put 
let's just say easy math, just say 10, right? You got 10 and you're doing $5, $50. So you're doing $50 a day. And that $50 a day is going to take three to four days to know if it's profitable or not. Three to four days, anything before that is premature. So now you have those assets that's going out and then it's going to work its magic. And then you see which one got a sale, which one didn't get a sale. The ones that got a sale, you keep that going. The ones didn't get a sale, you cut those off. The ones that did get a sale, you duplicate those out. And now you scale horizontally. Now you put $5 times 10. Mm-hmm. So now you got $5 times 10. Now you that same $50 got cut off to what didn't work. And now it's going directly to what did work. And now you're building that out, scaling horizontally. And then you just change little things on it so it's not competing with the same. Like you might change the, the audience on each one of them. So you're doing the same as that ad that worked. And now you're switching to audiences that have similar affinities. Mm. What do you say? Because I heard you on Clubhouse talking. Um, and it's, I guess there's two different people that I see on social media. I see people like yourself, people like Maddie J. I didn't even know what Maddie J did. If I didn't know him, I wouldn't even know he's in Toro. You don't sell from your page. Mm-hmm. But then you have the Derek Graces of the world, the Ben X's of the world, where they sell a lot from their page. Mm-hmm. So... Why don't you sell from like your page and what's your philosophy on selling from a page versus not selling from a page or is a mixture of both appropriate? Yeah. So I don't sell from my page because I truly believe that the facing forward is like the show. Like I'm not selling you nothing. And and, and just very selling from your page. I mean like, Actually, like I put up yeah. a post selling in the post. Right, exactly. Like promoting my product in the actual post. Right, right. right. And Derek Grace, he freaking kills it. Like 19 <laughs> keys. Like, like those boys kill it Different. doing that. Right? Yeah. They, they hit you with the scarcity model. <laughs> and the crazy thing is I know what he's doing, but he does it so good and like believable every single time. It's like, yo, I'm just letting you, you know, Trump pack. I'm just Trump telling I'm just Trump letting pack. you know, like it's going to go up and that's y'all keep boy. playing. Yo, shout out to the whole BWO. <laughs> you know those, are, those are people. Yeah, those yeah. are people. So those boys really. Under- yeah, they they they. Under- <laughs> yo, this is they, it. After they, this, it's not coming back. Yeah, yo. So like, they understand the scarcity model and all that. But for me, I'm a strong believer in like build the brand up front and then sell on the back end. So like, me selling you on the ad, like you cool with that. But you know, me hitting you on the front end, like. It's just not really my thing. It's no right the, or wrong way though. Diminishes the value a little bit. I think it's yeah. a, it's a thin line because yeah. if you do it too much, you kind of. Diminish the value of your page, then your page just becomes a sales page. Exactly. So I, and and I that's the last thing I want. So I, yeah. I just want to be forward-facing, just showing my value up front mm-hmm. and and let people know, like, to paint the story for them up front. And every now and then I might hit them with a little call to action for like a little holiday or something, yeah. but mm-hmm. it'd be in the caption. It wouldn't be like a straight up like, yo, here goes the sale. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, because that, that's just not what I do. Yeah. Right. And like I said, it's no right or wrong way to do it. That's just like how I rock. How you, yeah. I would rather just hit you on an advertisement tip and, and position it in a way where it's not going to turn off my audience, but I'm going to still hit you on the back end down your feed. And I think it's important for people to be knowledgeable of everything because I think there's no right or wrong, like you said, because you can make money in either scenario, but you got to know your personality. Like mm-hmm. for us, for me, I, I run our social media. I personally just don't feel comfortable doing that. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't like to do it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I, every now and then, like you said, I, we might post a flyer or something like that, but I just feel more comfortable selling on the back end mm-hmm. and just adding value up front. Yes. And it just feels better for me. Yeah. But 
somebody else might feel completely comfortable with mm-hmm. selling on. Like, and I asked Derek, I'm like, why you don't run Facebook ads? And he's like, I just don't trust Facebook and I don't want to give him no money. It's working out for him, but he's, you, it's a lot of leg work. Man, yeah. listen, yeah. man, if that boy ran Facebook ads, he would be up like three, four million a month. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Like, I'm telling you, like, because easy. Because there's too much leg work just yeah. doing everything. Like, not only, I'm just saying the data that he already accumulated. Yeah. He accumulated the data to create those lookalike audience to literally put as many advertisements in front of as many people that will buy his stuff, that's ready to buy his stuff. Mm-hmm. And literally, he can take his, he can go in his analytics and he can go to his video content and see what got the most website clicks. And that's what's going to make people click your website. That's what's making people take action on your page and click a link. Take that video and make that video the actual advertisement. Put the copy in there and literally hit every last person on your page. Because with your algorithm, you're only hitting 3 to 4%, 5% of you lucky yeah. of your fan base. The average is like 2%. Yeah. So I, every t- I did the math on it. It's like yeah. less than 1%. Yeah, le- less than 1%. Yeah. So once you literally grab all your audience, the most engaged in the last 180 days, because you can't go past that, and- for your for your engagement and hit every last one of those. And then after you hit every last one of those, then the next thing you do, you you create a lookalike audience and then do a 365 day lookalike audience. Now you find people that not only will will that look similar to the people that follow you, but people are, people are actually going to buy your shit and at the same time they're going to follow your page. New followers. Yeah. So you're getting the awareness Get the attention, and then once you get the attention, then you're gonna get the followers, the followership at the same time. Like all of that stuff is gonna like, yo, he leaving so much money on the table. So, so that's that's on Facebook, right? But have you mastered the same strategy for YouTube as well? Because that's a billion. Yeah, YouTube. Like I, I spend I spend six figures a month on YouTube ads. So it's the same strategy, or is it a little it's, different? It's a little different. It's a little different. Um, but they have the same thing. Theirs is called similar audiences. Okay. Um. And that's their version of lookalike audience. And with YouTube, the first, I think it's the first five seconds, if somebody clicks off of that in the first five seconds, it doesn't even count right. in your as budget? a cost. Or in your budget? Yeah. Don't cost. So you got to try to get whoever, you got to trick them to like, you got to literally be laser on what your offer is in the first five seconds. So they can leave if they don't want. So you ain't got to pay for that. Mm. But if they, if you hit them straight with your offer, like if you, the, whatever your 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 hook is at the beginning, it got to make sense to keep that person, keep that person going and 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 push away the people that ain't rocking with you in that message. So you ain't got to pay for that. What would you say to people that um, small business owners that haven't really thought about advertising online? They might feel like their business is too small. To advertise online, they're not they're not a social media influencer. They're not you know making a hundred thousand, a million dollars, five hundred thousand dollars a month. What would you say to those people? That's easy. I would build I would build the brand up. Um, if if you're a person, well, I always like to leave with the personality, personal brand. But if you're an introvert and you feel like no, nah, I don't want to do that spec, then you can create a great company logo. You go to canva.com, c a n v a dot com. Go create a logo from there. Create a dope logo, right? Build out the content on the page. Um, nine pieces of content, right? This is from you start from scratch. And build out the nine pieces of content. I would do either shout outs or a giveaway. I'll do a giveaway 
and have a have my you can have you have your friends and family like give away some fifty dollar cash app you know go create a page and say hey go follow my company page right follow my company page and get a chance to win fifty dollars have all your besties posted at one time tag everybody three, tag three people tag three people <laughs> go follow this page right here and, and just repost have, it just have just the people you know give fifty dollar giveaway get a chance to win a fifty and that's gonna shoot it up like three four five hundred followers a thousand followers I would do hashtags and I would go to best-hashtag.com go figure out whatever's in your niche every time you post directly post it in your comments you'll get more reach for that. So when you post hashtags, there's people following hashtags. So you got millions of people following hashtags. So with my best-hashtags.com, it's, it has the top ha- follow hashtags in that niche. So you put one keyword, and they go follow the, the best freaking hashtag with the most people following them. So now that's going to grow your page like at least like 100, 200 followers a week. And once you do that for like a couple of months, now you have social proof. You probably got three, 4,000 followers, got a dope logo, dope bio, everything is structured correctly. And then you have your, you have your um, curated content, which basically means go get content from other people that's viral, give them the credit and start building it out. Um, you can do your own content and go to Lightroom, get the Lightroom app, edit it up. You can go get Facetune. Uh, app, go get that. Boom, get your face right, get the, get the pictures right, clean it up like a professional editor. And then now you have great content that's that's coming out. You build the credibility, right? Now you got three, four thousand followers. Now take that and now go get an influencer to post it. Go pay them, reach out to them, DM them and say, yo, I love what you're doing, but I want to know what's your cost for promo. Mm. And you say, okay, cool. This is this price. Boom, pay them a couple hundred dollars. You can start with micro influence with 100,000, 200,000, 300,000 followers. They don't get much deal flow. So they'd be happy to post your stuff. You get them to rock your product. Now you got that as advertisement. Give them a contract to say, hey, sign this, that you're leasing me this video, that I own this video, that I can use it in advertisement. So now you have that video. Take that video, and now you post it on your page, see how, see what type of traction it get. Get three or four influencers to post it. They post it on their page. It's going to draw traffic back to your page. The credibility is there when they come. They're like, oh, I like this page. Let me follow it. So now they follow the page. So now once they follow the page, you start building your audience up. Okay. Now you take that video and you use the Facebook ads and you do $5 a day on that video. Guess what? It's a known face. You can target that person's followers without even being on it. Already they done posted on your page. You can screenshot that, show that she posted on your page, use that as the video, them posting it on their page, and then do another set, an ad set of just the video itself. And then you target that person's fans. They already know, like, and trust that person. So they're more likely going to buy your product. And then once you do that, you create the lookalike again. Once you get the first hundred customers or the first hundred followers that follow that page, do a lookalike. And then, boom, you target everybody. So now you're automatically targeting people that will purchase your product right off the rip. And that's what I would do if I was starting from scratch as a brand new business owner. There you have it. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. So, all right. So, that's a whole lot of game. I'm not sure what else you can say. That's a whole lot of game right there. So, how did you get into teaching people? How did you get into teaching? Like, well, all right. So, you, you was an entertainer. Then you became an entrepreneur in this space. You're helping celebrities. So, what made you want to transition into helping regular people, teaching people? I don't know who all spiritual here or not, but I literally got a, a message from God. Um. 
I had somebody that, you know, tell me what my purpose was. Mm-hmm. And what he said, everything he said came true. Like, he told me what was going to happen. Before I started my business, I got the message, and he told me what was going to happen. Who was this person? Can't say? Yeah, okay. but, you know, I can't tell my angel, you know? <laughs> but He's sitting here with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you never know. So, he told me, he told me what he told me the situation, and I was just like, you know, I was just like, okay, you know, I agree. So what I agreed to, but everything he said literally rolled out. And that was the day I started my business. I started my business the following week after I got the message. I saw my first person, which was Jay Holiday, and in Jay Holiday first month, he was at twenty thousand dollars in revenue. Brand new business. And he made $20,000 every single month, every single month. Then I, I, then I was flying back and forth to L.A. from Miami. I was in L.A. like three times a week. That's why I moved out there. I was like, yo, it's too many meetings back yeah. and forth. So I just packed my family up. I was like, we out. And, um, and ever since then, like, my purpose and my passion was building a community and teaching my game and things that I've learned through my journey. And I was able to help give back and help build up and create more leaders in the community. And I've been I've been solid to my to my promise ever since. And and that's just what it is, you know. And I I'm just being obedient, tell you the truth. So I'm just I'm just doing what I gotta do and you know, and I mean it's it's God's will. I'm just doing what I'm just doing what I'm put on this earth to do. So that's why I decided to create the school. You know, once I learned what I learned and everything mapped out just the same way that the person told me it was going to map up, it literally took, bro, imagine somebody tell you like, yo, on this month, you're going to be sitting out with Spectacular, okay? And after that, before that, you're going to have a red shirt on, all right? And then after that, and you just like- Was, was this the person that um, Snoop spoke to and uh, in that video, who was it? Um, Murder was the case. Murder was the case, yeah. <laughs> Oh, nah, he sound like the boogeyman. <laughs> wasn't no boogeyman. Uh, but yeah, no, nah, for real though, it was it was crazy the way that everything rolled out exactly how the person said it was going to roll out. And this was like, he told me, like when he told me, and then two years passed by and what he said happened, the same way he said it was going to happen. And it was like five or six incidents that he mapped out before it happened. So like, I'm just a believer at that point. Mm-hmm. Even if I didn't believe that was something to like catch my attention that, okay, this is... This is real. So, so so when you built out the academy, I mean, obviously that takes a lot of work and you've done an amazing job featured in Forbes, Inc. 500, fastest growing companies. And I think one of the best things I heard that you said is like you hire your weaknesses. What took you to get to that point? Did, was there an event that happened? You said, you know what? I'm not good at this. I got to find somebody who's better and I can get them on the team. It was really educating myself. I just understood what I was great at, what I wasn't great at. Mm-hmm. And I knew that if I don't find a team that is great at what I'm mediocre at, I'm not going to grow as fast as I want to. Mm -hmm. So that's why I realized that you don't hire somebody and then try to train them at advanced stages in your business because your business grow at a 7%. If you find somebody that already know the skill, then you grow at 80%. But you're 
if you find somebody who don't know the skill, they're learning on your dime. Right. You're literally giving them the university and they're making mistakes to learn and you're paying for it. In return, your company is moving like this because they got to go through the learning curve. They got to keep going like this. Versus somebody already know the skill set can take you from here to here. You're just going forward at that point at accelerated pace. Mm. So when I realized that, I realized everything that I'm not great at, I need to find somebody to do. And then everybody who I get on my team that's not that's great at certain things, but mediocre at things, they need to find somebody to help them too. So I started I, I started building my teams horizontally. I stopped building my teams vertically and I started building them horizontally. So instead of like, oh, this person in charge of this person. No, this person is strong at this in marketing and they're super creative. But this person right here is, is more organized because this person is disorganized. So instead of this person being over this person, they're working side by side. And then whatever these two people weaknesses are, I find a third person to now set off their weaknesses. So he might be the person that's a good analyst, hmm. right? But he knows, understands ads. So like all of them work as a team. So I'm not just hiring one big person. Like I'm literally hiring a bunch of mini experts, put them together, and then everybody has VAs built underneath them. If you have a minimum wage activity, you shouldn't be doing it. Hmm. If you do this repetitive, if, if this is repetitive, then you shouldn't be doing it. If anything a robot can do over and over and over again, you shouldn't be doing it. I'm paying you for your brain. You shouldn't be doing no repetitive tasks. So my, my team has virtual assistants. They have assistants. And they're, sometimes their assistants have assistants. Hmm. So like I need stuff getting done. Because what was happening to me was I would tell them to do something and I'm a visionary at heart. So like my ideas come flowing. They get tired of these ideas. I got them coming. Right, right, right. I, I shoot them at them. So I would like, I would say like, yo, what happened with that? What happened to that project you was working on? And they were like, oh, I don't know. Like, uh, what, what do you mean? What, what, what happened? Well, you told me to do this now. I was like, oh, come on. So, like, before I look at it, something I told him to do in January is the end of February. It ain't even get touched yet because it, it started to it started to get pushed down. Call it kicking the can down the road. Mm-hmm. So, what I realized was they need to focus on what's the most important. Anything that comes outside of that, they delegate to their VAs. So, they focus on the main thing. And then anything that's still important that they're not focused on, they dish it to their VAs. So every single thing that my team needs. So let's say that they need copywriting. You need Facebook ads. You need YouTube ads. You need funnel person. Okay. You need email person. I have five VAs for each one of those things Mm -hmm. all in one Slack channel. So when it comes time to a project, we dump the project in there and whoever could get to it first, they start on it right away. So if I got five projects, I get those five projects done in 28 to 48 hours. Pretty good system. So I don't have to worry about moving slow because I tell my team that we got to move fast. The faster we can move, the better. So if I have a company that's doing 12 projects a year, if I have these VAs built out, now all of a sudden I can do 12 projects times five in a year. So now my company just grew time five times as fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's accelerated. So hire for my weaknesses is the it's the best thing I ever did. And with every business, you have two components to it. You have a builder and you have a seller. 
The builder is usually the operations person, systematic person, finance person. And the sales, the, the, the seller is the person that does the sales, the marketing, and all the partnerships. And in business, you have both of those. The biggest hire was the builder, which is the integrator. It's a book called Rocket Fuel. I think everybody and their mama should read. Mm. I don't care if you got, like, if you start a business, you're an aspiring entrepreneur, read the book. And then it's another book called Traction. It's the EOS system. I run all my multi-million dollar businesses on it. Have to learn Traction. And in, in, in the book Traction, it basically explains to you how every successful business failed because of accountability, goals, right? Seeing through the forest of the trees and understand what's coming down the pipeline and issues. Those are the three components that make a business fail. So if you have accountability, things are not slipping through the cracks. So if I have a task that I need one of my teams to do, and in that task, we talk about it. We have a, what's called a level 10 for an hour and 30 minutes every single week. The only time you miss it, if you're dead or you're in jail, mm. only time you miss it. And in that meeting, we talk about issues. So the issues, when we have an issue, they might be like, oh, man, you know, I don't like that every time I come in, spec is loud as hell. He's throwing me off. I don't like, you know, I don't like it. So it gives them a safe place to come and express themselves instead of them balling it up, haul ass, quitting and say, I don't want to be here no more. You can literally you have a safe place to talk about your issues. So now what happens is you put it on the issues list, what we call the issues list. And then you do what they call IDS mode, identify, discuss and solve. So once you identify what the problem is, we all discuss it as a leadership team. And once we discuss it as a leadership team, the next step is to get the solve. What is the solve? What is the solution? Mm-hmm. Right? We don't talk about the problem. We talk about the solution, right? Once we have the discussion. And once you have the solve, it goes on a seven-day to-do. You're accountable for this. Mm-hmm. Okay? I'm looking in your eyes, boom. You're accountable for it. You got seven days. When that seven days come around, we look at the to-do list on everybody that was supposed to do stuff. If it's not completed, we say why it wasn't completed. And then if, if it's still not complete at the next week or we push it back to the issues list, then we identify, discuss and solve it again mm-hmm. and see what is the issue. Right. The next thing is rocks. Right. They call it rocks is basically having things that is going to push your business ahead the fastest. And we come up with a big ass whiteboard. Like in my living room, I got a big ass whiteboard. I don't even like my TV is behind like freaking 60 inch. No, it's longer than that. It's, I don't know. It's from like wall to wall, basically. Mm-hmm. And we map out the whole whiteboard and we put down everything that's going to like bring the business freaking as scale it as fast as possible. And then we carve it out. And then we have a good five to seven. And that's what the company focused on. And then everybody else that's on the leadership team, I have the marketing person. You have um, you have the operation. So even every department, they have their own individual Rocks, what they call it. Mm-hmm. And they will have to get that rock done within three months. So it's three-month goal. So every single week we check in on the rocks. How is this doing? On track, off track, on track, off track, on track. And we say everything, every single rock that we that we uh damn, every single rock that we decide to to actually um to actually take on. Mm-hmm. But those things is big ass goals. And 
man, ever since I've been on this system, like my company grew 1600% in three years. Wow. This year, I got two companies going to make the Inc. 5000 fastest growing companies in America out of 18 million companies, two of them. People don't even make the list at all, right? I got two companies going on because of systems like this that keep my team accountable, goal setting, and going through issues, hashing it out, making it happen. And it's all based on it's all based on positions versus titles. It's accountability chart. It's not like, oh, I'm the CEO or oh, I'm this. No, nah, it's the integrator. Uh, you got the visionary, you got the integrator, and then underneath it is all the different departments. So what do you so all right, so as far as the academy, what are you actually teaching at the academy and what what are what are the offerings that that, that provides? So what I'm teaching, well, first of all, I've seen a huge issue in the education space. I feel like the education space is just horrible. I think that the way it's set up is it's set up for you to fail. Right? As soon as you get out into the real world, you like 10 steps back because you got to climb out of debt now. And I just don't believe in that. So I decided to launch my academy and I went to Harvard to go like figure out their systems because I'm a, I'm a strong believer you don't recreate the wheel. Right? So I went to go to see what systems, how they were doing. They do it based on case studies and and uh, and the, the way that they study and like how the professors move and everything. And I was like, all right, cool. Let me replace the professor with a millionaire mentor. Because I, I truly believe that somebody can only take you as further as they went. So if the professor never went nowhere, you can only take me as far as you went yourself, right? So I feel like if I can get multi-millionaire, seven, eight, nine-figure earners. I haven't got a 10-figure earner in my program. And get them to teach skill sets that makes the most sense. Because if you did $100 million in sales, then of course you can teach my students how to freaking make a million dollars in sales. You did 100. So at least they can do freaking whatever, you know, whatever they decide they want to do from that information. And the same thing for sales, marketing. So I find like real experts that they kill it in that market and I have them teaching the program. So I get the, like if you, like the guy who's teaching leadership in my program, he runs over 5,000 agents, lead the crap out of them. So he's teaching leadership. Somebody who's doing over a million, a million dollars in ad spent, they're teaching you ads. The person that's, that's doing uh, my operation system is the person who has 25 million and, and built it from his operation system. Okay, in the same operation system I use. All right. So like all these different components is all based on people that's killing it right now, not some outdated information for a premium price. I'm literally giving real tangible information that people can use that's working right now. And I decided to create everything that I needed when I first started in business, because when I first started in business, like I didn't know none of this stuff. I didn't know about customer support, leadership. I, I was like, all right, I get a team, right? And they help me out and they work for me. I didn't know how to motivate people and inspire them like, and drive them forward and teach them and mentor them. I didn't know none of that, so I had to learn that. And then when I got in, the next step was like, okay, well, now that I know that, now I started to get sales. But when I started to get sales, like, okay, well, this is not going fast enough. Now I had to learn sales. And then I got the sales, all right, the sales coming in, but now shit is getting dry. So now I got to learn marketing. Okay, damn, so how do you do this marketing, this Facebook ad thing? Okay, cool. Figured that out. Now it's like, all right, people coming in, but now they're leaving out the back door because my operations is broken. I'm like, all right, well, how the hell do you do operations? 
So like every single thing that I learned creating my wealth, I literally put in a program. And I put all my most successful colleagues that they murder in those specific fields teach that specific subject matter. Even if I know I was great at it, if they're killing it in that specific niche, I let them teach in the program. And I created what they call as the Entrepreneur MBA program. So it's my version of an MBA, Master Business Affluence, because we, we got to build wealth. We got to build wealth. The affluence, like they're teaching in the program. So that was really my main vision behind it is building more leaders in the community, helping people start a business from scratch, not even knowing the ideas in the nine to five jobs, trying to figure out how do I transition out of this? Like, what should I do? I don't know how to do this. I, I put everything laid it out step by step. Like Matty J is known for building businesses from scratch quickly. He's teaching a business in the box section, how to start your business from literally from scratch. Him 500, he's teaching the credit portion in my program. Now you got credit. I'm teaching mindset in the program, right? Like all these different components that we're teaching and we're breaking it down, social media, branding, marketing, everything you need to have a successful business to reach seven figures in the fastest time possible. And I put it all in one curriculum step-by-step where you don't have to do no thinking. Literally, a freaking nine-year-old could come in and build a million-dollar business. So it's bigger than just ads. It's a business. It's a whole business model. Like a business school. It's a business school. It's an online business school. And, um, you know, 19 Key, shout out to him. He said something that was very profound when we interviewed him. He said that education has actually created a lot of opportunities because everything that they didn't teach in school has now created an opportunity Mm -hmm. for experts and entrepreneurs in the field to actually educate at a much lower price. If you think about it, a lot of people have a problem with online education, but it was interesting. We interviewed Mark Cuban, and he said that he pays for courses, and um, he he pays for stuff online all the time to educate himself because he has to constantly stay above the curve because things change so quickly. And it's like, A, the majority of the stuff that we talk about on Earning Your Leisure, they're not even teaching it. There's no, yeah. no credit class. In school. No. There's no social media, Facebook ad Real class. Estate, same thing. There's, no, there's, no, there's none of these classes in college. The curriculum is so outdated. Even in business schools, they're still teaching supply and demand. They're still teaching case theories, studies. case studies, stuff like that. So A, it's not really even offered. And B, even if it was offered, when you look at the price, you can really compare like a community college. Like It's like the prices of courses are really like a community college level, maybe even cheaper. For one course. If you go to like, even a state school is probably averaging like twelve to 25000 Private school is anywhere from twenty five to 60000 a year. Yeah. No, a year. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You got to take out yeah. $100,000 of student loan debt and you can't even get a job. There's no even guarantee if you can even get a job. Mm-hmm. So it's like, Look at it from, it's always, we have to look at how we, I think a lot of times, depending on how you look at something, you have a different perspective on it. 100%. Where it's like, you have no problem taking a gamble, going to private school Mm -hmm. your whole life, and then going to college and $60,000 down the line, and hey- Sixty answering phones. Sixty. I'm just saying. To try try two hundred, three hundred thousand. It's like that's no problem, (laughs) but then it's like he was like, "Oh, this this course might be risky." Oh my god, your whole whole life's been risky. Yo, (laughs) listen to this, man. I seen because Harvard is catching on, so now they're doing online. They're doing online schools now, right? They have online programs, and. It cracked me up, man. I went on the ad because they targeted me because I went I went to Harvard. <laughs> and, and they targeted me. I'm in that pixel hell. So they targeted me 
and I look at I look at the comments. First thing I see is scam. I say, yo, they don't anything online to people is a scam. Yeah. Harvard even getting it. I was like, Harvard ain't good enough. How is Harvard a scam? I was so confused. I was like, yo, this is just too much at this point. And I think anything that's different than what the normal people uh, tells the society, people are uncomfortable with it. They're uncomfortable with it. Yeah. It's just a new way of learning. This is the this is the evolution of learning. No, it is it's evolution of education. This is this is the, the real education this reform. Is it. It's this, happening this, right this now. This from people that really did this before. Right, not right. not like people people learning from. Right now, people are learning from tribal agents. They say, "Hey, man, it's 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 going to be great over there, Jamaica." Yeah, yeah. You ever been to Jamaica? No, nah, but I heard it's good over there, man. It's great. I'm telling you, go over there. This is what's going to happen to you. You're like, huh? No. Tour guides, they like, yo, I already been there before. Yo, go over there, make a left. Yo, they got some good food over there. You want to go over there? Right, boy? right, right, like, right. Oh, nah, they racist over there. Don't go over there, bro. Nah, don't go over there. Go, yeah, over here, this is the plug. Man, they got some, like, yeah, yeah, they've been through it. Learn. They've they been, been through it, it so yeah. they can navigate, they can help you navigate. Right. But hey, how you going to learn from somebody that never been where you want to be at? And, That's crazy. And it's like, I always say all the time, because, you know, I went to, shout out to the University of Hawaii. I have nothing against them. Great school, but. Mm-hmm. I say all the time, like my school, EY University, my school took me further than state school. It's not a, it's not Absolutely. a biased opinion. It's just a fact. The things that I learned in college, I mean, if I was just relying on that, I'd be in trouble. Absolutely. The relationships and the information that I got just from creating this platform has changed not only my life, odds are generations of lives. Like the state education that I got in college would have not have changed generations of life with a communications degree absolutely from impossible it would it'd be it's pretty, pretty difficult yeah um but you, know, you know what i'm confused about how nobody's catching on to this like it's millions of people who graduate every single year is hundreds of professors who who know the textbook from the first page to the last page but they're gonna teach you how to get wealth no they ain't got it themselves and they broke they got it themselves. <laughs> How is nobody catching on to this? And everybody that I know who has who went to college, are you doing what you went to college for right now? Technical communications degree. So I'm not. I, well, you know what? So I went to school for education. So it's it's crazy because now he's a financial advisor. I'm in education, so it kind of makes sense. We still are educating. I went to school for phys ed and, and health. All right, so you two people I know out of everybody else. <laughs> yeah, it's everybody weird. I ever asked that question to, most but, even, but even before they this, literally tell me they not doing what they went to college. But even for. before this, I was, I'm still a financial advisor still to this day, and I mean the communications degree didn't help me with that. So yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. so my business acumen and stuff like that. I mean, I didn't. It didn't come from college. No, yeah. no. But no, you no. still owe that money. No, well, no, I, no, I had a scholarship. I put a sport. Nah, you, got, you, gotta look, you gotta look so this way. You gotta look lucky. this way. Okay, all right, look this all way. Right, I got you. Yeah, I still owe that yeah. money. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other issue. Yeah, but, but uh, that but the point I'm making is like everybody who I asked, especially my students, I say, yo, even in my training sometimes, I'll be like, yo, how much college debt you're in? And they're like, yo, fifty thousand, hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, two fifty. And I was okay, was it worth it, bro? Hundred percent. It'd be one person. I always say yes. Yeah. Always got one person. It'd be you in the comment about yeah, me. You know, and like everybody else. They don't say mean no. it though. They don't mean it. They just don't want to admit like to themselves like yo, damn, I paid three hundred thousand, and I'm about to try to make fifty for the next five years. It's like you don't want to admit you know, that. You know, you know what happens when you, you know what I'm saying? when you file. I think we said this with Grant. 
when you follow when you follow the rules is when you lose. No, absolutely, no, it's real. 100%. Everybody that I know that has done it the right way is, is has lost. Mm. People that are entrepreneurs that's winging. We've been in Miami just on like on a one way. <laughs> we're, we're figure, on it. figure it out. Figure it out <laughs> yeah. when we when we figure it out. Like yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's like <laughs> it's like the the, top, the average person is like, Yo, I gotta get back home. I gotta call my boss. I I can't extend. No, I can do whatever we want. Breaking every rule possible and <laughs> just succeeding. Yeah. You're trying, to follow, you're trying to follow every single thing that society has set for you. And it's like Derek Grace. It's, it's generations of failure. Yeah. Mm. You're following generations of It didn't failure. work in the 70s. It's not going to work in the 20s. It's generational failure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not even like something to be like, it, it's just like your, your grandparents didn't know. Mm-hmm. They was taught, yo, you got to work hard. You got to do this. Your parents didn't know. But- now you know, and you can see from your grandparents, your parents, that it hasn't worked. So in order to change something, if you're not, it's like the definition of insanity. If you keep yes. doing the same thing, yeah. expecting the a different result, the cycle will repeat itself. It's not going to happen. I'm mm-hmm. be honest with you. It's just not yeah. going to happen. Nobody's coming to save you. I heard Bill Gates say one day, if you are born poor, it's not your fault. If you die poor, that's that your, is your fault. fault. It's on you. It's on you. It's too much information. You got your university. You got my academy. Like- it's so much information, but people want to go through the traditional school route and everybody go at the end and they're like, man, I'm in all this debt. They complain. And then when they do get out of and this is the this is what pisses me off. They they work their whole life. They go to all these years of college. They finally get out. Can't even get a job. Mm-hmm. No job for them. And then when they try to get a job, they say, OK, what experience you got? How am I going to have experience Like if you ain't hire me? All yeah. right, cool. So they, they wiggle through there. They get a job. Now they work their whole time. They bust their ass for this place. They built somebody else's dream. And one pandemic happened and everybody laid off. Yeah. Basically. That sounds like 2020. <laughs> that ain't crazy. But yeah. if, you if somebody would spend that same time and effort and energy on building their own dreams... Instead of building somebody else's, how you gonna lay off a boss? Yeah, yeah, fair. Real I think talk. it's fair. It's fair, and, and that that's one of those things. And I heard this quote it was amazing. It was like people fear; they live with fear when they should really just be worried about regret. Because mm. what happens when you don't do it? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't live with fear. Like we went out on the edge. Like we never thought like this ain't gonna work. We just like, all right, yeah. What if we don't do this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. The opportunity cost. Yeah. What what if I don't do this, right? right? That's no, that's that's too many people think of the the cup half empty instead of half full. Like not not if I get if I don't get this, what's gonna happen? What, what what's the bad things that's gonna happen? No, sure. if I get this, what is the possibilities if I get this? I realize you got two types of people in this world: those that ask why, and those that ask why not. Like I was talking to my son, I'm like, yeah. I was just about to say that's my son. Why not? I, I, I'm like, I, I, was, I was, I'm like, I'm in Miami. Da, da, da. He's like, yo, you was just in Atlanta. He's like, why are you going to Miami? I'm like, why not? There's no limits to this. But school trains you like that. It's like, don't don't take more than two vacations a year. Mm. Don't go too crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nah, <laughs> that's crazy. They used to kill. They're like, yo, you got crazy. all these days off. You're not gonna take one. I'm like. They're like, what, is, what happens at the end of the year when you don't use them? I'm like, it rolls over. They're like, yeah, and then you'll never use them. I'm like, yo, they right, bro. Like, why well, I got, this don't even make no sense. But that's the mindset. It's so, like, yo, so don't use these days. We got to reprogram. But it's happening. Reprogram. It's happening. Reprogram. Re- reprogram. So one of, Relearn. One of, the, one of the things that, you know, we pride ourselves on is, like I said, a lot of our friends and a lot of people that EYL alumni come on and they they have programs. And uh, we, we like I said, I'm actually 
a proponent of education online. I pay for a lot of courses. I don't even ask for discounts. But uh, one thing that we always ask of the alumni is if they have a program, if they can give a special, you know, bonus discount for just our community um, of earners out there. And everybody usually always obliges, whether it's M500, whether it's Josh Chris, all of the guys. And Spectacular was um, a gentleman about it, and he agreed as well. So what we're doing is two fifty off, two fifty off the package, right? Mm-hmm. So two hundred and fifty dollars for off. y'all. I would oh. never, never <laughs> in my life. Yeah, <laughs> kidding. <laughs> That's a fact. For real. That's a fact. I was telling him about it. It was like, okay. He <laughs> <laughs> said, "You know, I really never do this." <laughs> he wasn't all the way enthusiastic about it. He had to think about it for a minute. What up? Uh, so spectacularacademy.com backslash eyl, and you will get a special, special only for this, only for this. 250 off of the of the academy and I mean you just kind of went over it now so you you already know what it is so yes appreciate you for doing that thank 100%, you 100% because this this is one thing like my students ain't turning in resumes we're accepting resumes mm. Mm. that's a bar, don't, bar. Let that, don't let that go over your head big bar don't let that go over your head so yes spectacularacademy.com backslash EYL exclusive offer biggest in the world the biggest show in the world so we gotta get different perks than every other show it's a fact the it big only, show it's only right it's only right the big 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 show the big big show so spectacular what's on the horizon what would you like to tell the people what's next what's your what's your plan to blow up in 2021 even more than what you are now yeah, man, I'm doing a few things, man. Um, right now, I'm building out the franchise model for my agency. So they're going to be able to utilize my name, Awazar, and have me as the spokesperson for their agency model. And uh, yeah, I'm going to be launching that pretty soon. I should create a waiting list. For- so <laughs> no, no, what I'm going to do is I'm basically going to have it where, because my company won so many awards. We won the Entrepreneur 360 Award, Best Privately Owned Companies in America by uh, Entrepreneur Magazine two years in a row. That's like that's the second hardest award to get in business because they they base it off of innovation, revenue, the CEO, like the leadership, um, and like all the different components. And then we won the Inc. Five Thousand two thousand seventeen. This year we we got two companies winning the award. Adwazar is one of them. So they have all this you know different awards. So they're going to be able to utilize the company name. It's going to be a service based business. All they need is a, they don't need a build out physical location. They can get started up literally within two days and uh, it's going to be a franchise fee. Um, And then after that franchise fee, we're going to train them for at least seven days and then they get to start their business right off the bat. It's going to be a a franchise fee every single month. But I mean, it's going to, it's already, it's a multi-million dollar business. They get to just tap into right off the bat. And have me promote their their stuff. And I'm going to run their ads for them. I'm going to have a minimum budget to run their ads. So you're going to have the experts running their ads. And I'm going to build out the teams. So that's one thing I'm doing. The second thing I'm doing is um, actually launched a fitness product. Um, spectacular.fitness. You can go to our website. And uh, it's a new invention that basically lets you work your whole upper body. So depending on where you put the actual... Uh, handles it'll work your your, your, um, your shoulders, your back, and your triceps, and uh, your biceps, shoulders, deltoids, back, yeah. traps. Hold on, shoulder, back. Oh, chest, chest. and then triceps. <laughs> don't forget, yeah. don't forget the yeah, chest. Yeah, 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 the chest. So yeah, it's it's um 
man, it's, it's dope as hell. We, we're doing another version where we're going to add the resistant bands onto it, but dope product. We just released that. We launched that like a week ago. Okay. Like less than, less than five days ago. Okay. Um, but the reason why I'm doing that is because I'm building out something called Social Seed, where it's gonna where I'm making I'm changing the way that the average person support their favorite influencer. So what's gonna happen is we're gonna take the next Kylie Jenner before she became Kylie Jenner with Kylie Cosmetics, and we're gonna pair her up with the with the best product for her brand, and then we're gonna let her fans, her top one thousand fans, become micro investors for mm. her actual product. And they're going to have say-so in, in, in like the product launches and the designs. And it's like a mini street team, a little mini advisory board. And you get to run ideas through them. They get to come up with names and everything, be real um, interactive with the brand. And once we raise that first, I would say, fan round, then we can do uh, the seed round and then like get into all of that. But we're, we're going to have we, – we have a – we have ours our technologies, which is the accelerator for that. So we test like 100 products at one time. Whatever one floats to the top, we pair it up with an influencer. Once we pair it up with an influencer, we make make sure it's proven. We take it to a million dollars a month. And then once we take it to a million dollars a month, we give the, the micro investors a chance to get into it and become the advocates and the micro investors and, and the people that really help push the product. And then we raise the traditional round right after that. So it's called Social Seed. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. How can how can they follow you? Social media handles and all of that. Yeah, um, I am spectacular, man. I am spectacular. Uh, make sure you guys check out I am spectacular on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, and at spectacular on Clubhouse. Clubhouse, your Clubhouse champion. Yeah, yeah. Another sure. champion, another Clubhouse champion. You and Maddie J, Clubhouse hey, man, champion. Listen, follow me on Clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, follow me on Clubhouse, and also text me seven eight six 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 one twelve twenty four. All right, seven eight six 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 one twelve twenty four. Hit me up. There you have Let's it. Go. Troy, housekeeping items? Yeah, yeah. Shout out to everybody on Patreon.com. Y'all know that's our Proud to Pay program. Our tier five members, you have access to EYL University, the number one. School for Business, Finance, and anything in the entrepreneurial world. So shout out to all the earners that's part of that. And shout out to everybody that has been supporting our merch and everybody that's been supporting EYL Network. EYL Network is going to be, is going to be the biggest network in the game, right? So shout out to everybody that's been supporting Market Mondays. That's our first show. We have the Social Proof Podcast with Dave Shands, and now we have uh, Inside the Volvo Ashcast. So make sure that y'all check those out, like, subscribe, leave comments, man. Uh, it's time for somebody to be number one. And why Why not us, right? Built for the people, by the people. Uh, and so shout out to everybody that's supporting that and everybody supporting the merch. Um, obviously, you know that uh, we've thanked you plenty of times before, but I'm going to thank you again uh, for being extremely patient with us um, during this process. Uh, like we said, every order will be fulfilled. Uh, so we greatly appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Nice, nice watch, by the way. <laughs> Where's the metal at? <laughs> yes, thank you guys for rocking with us. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. My graduates from my school being Forbes. Backdrop. Backdrop. <laughs> a mic drop. Backdrop. 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 
save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.